0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers.
2: The Athletic presents Hogan Johns.
0: Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice.
1: Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogan. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns.
2: I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town.
1: Here they are what's up welcome in from indianapolis the nfl comp oh no that's not where we are we are at home the pandemic is still going and there is no nfl combine but there is media availability with the general manager and head coach adam Johnson. yeah the messaging felt the same the, the we
2: can only talk about so much i hope you can respect that Opening statement Ryan Pace. We've heard that before. Um, Made me miss it, though. It did. I I really enjoy our trips down to Indianapolis. There's a lot of information you could get down there, just from like, working purposes, the bars, you know, like...
1: Like stuff that sticks with you all year.
2: Yes. Yes. And it's it's different now, and it's changed the job a bit. It's also great to hang out with um, colleagues and and whatnot. So, yeah, I missed it. I did. Today, I felt... Like it felt different. Um, The messaging again was the same, but it felt different not being in Indy.
1: Definitely, there's just I missed it. uh, I miss it. uh, I miss it too. I I love the combine, and that was really the last thing we did that was relatively normal in this job. Was that last trip? We were in Indy. In retrospect, it's a miracle that that was not a super spreader event. Uh, and then, pretty much a week after that, everything shut down. So, uh, and things are operating uh, pretty much the way they did from uh, this point on last year. With free agency, um, one big difference is that instead of pro days just not happening like last year, a certain point they got cut off. Uh, they are happening, and that's really what's taking place: at the combine. So. It's a it's a weird thing that everybody's working through. But um, anyway, we did get to talk to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy as they still spoke like they normally would in Indianapolis. And we have some things to talk about. Uh, welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. I already got a a column up on the quarterback situation, the comments that were made about Mitch Trubisky today. Um, and then there'll be more coming as well. Johnsy's coverage is up on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe and get Kevin Fishbane's stuff there as well. And Dan Pompey wrote about Jim Harbaugh. Too I haven't read it, yet. saw it, and I'm gonna read it.
2: The quarterback series
1: continues.
2: Yeah. And this one, one quick note on this. The guy played special teams. I did not know that, but it blew my mind. You drafted Jim Harbaugh in the first round, and you let him play special teams. <laughs> and you wonder why this organization can't get the quarterback position yeah. right.
1: Okay, sorry. Yeah, like imagine. Go oh, check it out. <laughs> imagine if they had Mitch Trubisky play on like the kickoff coverage unit. Covering He'll, kicks. Bl-
2: Oh, d- know, oh, he's he, was yeah, oh, he's a good
1: athlete. Yeah, he's a good athlete. He could be a gunner. We need somebody out there. Mitch, get out there. Hey, we'll cover the that Saints, punt. The Saints do it with Taysom Hill.
2: I uh, don't say that. I know what you're saying, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, I started seeing pictures of T shirts flying in today. Yes, keep sending them. Including from my dad. I saw that one. He was the first one. Apparently he got like expedited shipping because he's my dad or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I still haven't gotten my shirts, but he got it. No, ours should be, ours should be coming too, and I can't wait. I'm actually like I'm sitting here like I I must have checked my front door like seven. It was like Christmas. I was checking my front door all day today. Are they gonna come? Are they gonna come anyway? The ones we've seen on Twitter, they look awesome. Uh, Send us. Those photos, uh, as your shirts come, they should be arriving if you pre-order them at the beginning. Uh, honestly, if you pre-order them at any time, they should be coming relatively soon. And if you just order them now, it's no longer a pre-order. So this should they should come relatively quickly. And shipping is free on all the shirts, uh, unless you want expedited shipping, which you can pay a little bit extra for. But shipping is free, included in the price of the shirt. We appreciate everybody that have... Gone on to obviousshirts.com and bought our first collection. We got more coming too. I already got like a long list of ideas. So there's going to be more shirts coming. Oh, Ebbs and Flows is coming. Yeah, Ebbs and Flows is coming. And I still feel dumb that by far the most popular shirt is just our logo. <laughs> <laughs> that was not one of the first four we dropped.
2: It's a it's sweet look though.
1: But we added it with like in, within 30 minutes and people are buying it. So anyway, thanks to everybody for doing that. Uh, again, if you have not bought a shirt, you'd like to, obviousshirts.com. You'll see the big Hogan Johns logo on there. and uh, Or it's up on my Twitter feed right now. at Adam Hogue as well. Um, all right. So, uh, I think the two biggest topics, the quarterbacks, and then there's Allen Robinson. There's some other things, too. I mean, I got, I got a list of some things that were said that are relatively interesting. There is the rest of the roster to uh, talk about at some point in the offseason. Um, but let's start with this quarterback stuff. So nothing today was surprising. I I, I thought that there's maybe John's like a 2% chance Ryan Pace would come out and be like, yeah, you know what? We've talked to Mitch Trubisky and we've met and we've decided that we're going to mutually part ways. And that's, I mean, that happens every once in a while at the combine. They said that about Cody, Cody Parkey's situation a little bit more obvious, but it was at the combine two years ago that Pace did come out and say, Yep we're going to be releasing Cody Parkey. A little bit of a different situation here, and I don't know that there's any advantage to just saying, oh, Mitch isn't going to be back, because I guess you never know how this is all going to shake out. That being said, let's just put it this way. I wouldn't put too much stock in his answer today saying everything's on the table, including Mitch. Yeah, (laughs) even
2: Matt Nagy seemed to go out of his way to, to use the name Mitch. A couple times today, just just you, you would throw that in there. You know, Mitch and Nick, Nick and Mitch, they're a boy band or something. Like he he would throw that in there every now mm-hmm. and then, just to show he's a an option on that table. But let, let's be honest, like, come on, Adam, like this isn't happening. <laughs> we all know a split is what's best and what's expected. Still,
1: yeah. I look, look here as much as that. Maybe one quote turns into headlines. Everything's on the table. Uh, When you're asked about Trubisky, I just, I think, first of all, and this is what I wrote in my column today. Look, they didn't say much. They never say much. They're not going to say much, and it doesn't matter. Because if you paid attention to Ryan Pace throughout his entire time as general manager, it's never about what he says. It's about what he does. And he has a pretty strong track record of making big moves. So, I, like, I know some people are frustrated, oh, Pace didn't say anything today. I don't, I don't think any GMs are really saying a whole lot. I mean, I, I guess they're still... Like, John Lynch came out was a little bit stronger on keeping Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: What I'll say is that last year, when him and Nagy talked about having competition for Trubisky. We want competition and competition's good for all positions. Not just quarterback, but every position on the roster. We need competition. Like that like I remember asking people around the league about that. What do you think about this? Oh, I remember talking to one agent who's got quarterbacks. That means they're open for business. It's not really saying it, but Yeah. He's saying it, so there's some reading between the lines that you have to do, but I I just cannot – they're not going to play their cards, at least fully publicly, but I just cannot see a situation where Trubisky's the Bears quarterback in 2021.
1: It's just – I don't even think he wants to be here. Well, and that's where I was kind of going with what I was just saying is if you – first of all, don't put too much stock into what they're saying, but if you are going to analyze – what they're saying, and I guess that's what we're doing right now on this podcast. Um there was just as much, if not way more, about the quest to upgrade a quarterback.
2: Which is what they're doing.
1: And, <laughs> right. Which so, is the quest they've embarked on. <laughs> which is not a conversation they were having after twenty eighteen. When Mitch was very clearly the starting quarterback, you don't just go into the combine and be like, "Oh yeah, you know we're looking at all avenues: free agency, trades, the draft." You only say that if you're looking for an upgrade, which they very, very, very clearly are. Um. So, in conclusion, overwhelming chances to me, and I've been pretty strong on this podcast about saying this is that at a minimum i believe that they're really going to try to make a big move whether or not that happens a lot of that's out of their control there's no guarantee that Seattle's moving Russell Wilson for instance and there's certainly no guarantee that Houston's willing to trade Deshaun Watson there's no guarantee you can trade up in the top 10 to get a big quarterback you know so but those are all avenues i guarantee you are towards the top of their list of things that they're Talking about, willing to do at a certain price, which was a question you asked today, Johns. You know, what is the limit? There has to be.
2: Right? There has to be. I get, like, you see all these mock trades out there with positional players and, and whatnot. Like, but there, there has to be a line drawn somewhere, right? Like, let's not get yeah. crazy. What was the, pace the word? Reckless? You can't be overly yeah. reckless. You can't. I, I get the idea of going all in for a quarterback, but. but I like using Deshaun Watson as an example. He was outstanding this season and the Texans went 4 and 12 because the rest of the team is is a mess. I get that it's easier to build around that quarterback once you have him, but I don't know, Aaron Rodgers still only has one quarterback or one Super Bowl. Isn't that always a discussion up there about adding to to his receiving core or finding protection for Deshaun Watson or helping out Drew Brees? I'm just Throwing different names out there, but there's got to be a limit to, to, to these acquisitions if you're going to go down that path.
1: Well, I would just say that um, it's always hard to build a complete team in the NFL, no matter whether you have that high paid quarterback or not. And uh, I'd still rather be the team that has that known quantity of quarterback and build that way. So, I mean, I, I think the counterpoint to what you're saying, Johns, is what's the road, road to the Super Bowl right now, as is, you know? And that's, I mean, that's uh, a little conversation. That's fair, but
2: yeah, no. But yeah. you look at Tom Brady, Brady dropping into to Tampa now, completely reinvigorated that organization. But you still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk came out of retirement form. You drafted Tristan Wirfs in, in the first round. You already have a good offensive line. That defense was already pretty loaded. Good team. Just a good quarterback. That's a good team.
1: Yeah, I think that what's interesting about the Russell Wilson thing is, well, one, it's interesting when you read that great athletic story on the whole situation. A lot of the genesis for this, at least in the last month or so, seems to be Russell Wilson looking at what Tom Brady did in Tampa. And thinking that maybe he could do that if he made a similar move. Now, it's different because he can't just sign. The team he's going to go to is going to be giving up assets. But, you know, I'm not saying that uh, Alan Robinson and Darnell Mooney are quite Mike Evans and C- Chris Godwin. But, you know, there, there's some pieces there. And I think if you're... I don't know who Russell Wilson can realistically get to join him on the cheap, that would be similar to like Antonio Brown showing up and Gronk showing up. Um, But I would also argue like Gronk was a significant addition, I guess, but like what Antonio Brown ended up giving them wasn't much, you know. So it's, it's, an, it's an interesting scenario. I find that more realistic than the Deshaun Watson discussion. I'll say that. Well, for one, because we know the Bears are on Russell Wilson's list, at least that helps.
2: I like the question from John Greenberg today, asking Pace if they keep tabs. Like, how? Of, of course, they keep tabs, but like, how much they they watch the social media interactions? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, well, you have to nowadays. When you, when you see reports like that, like that. You're probably already talking. You've probably already you've already probably called the Seahawks just because there's rumors. You don't think there's rumors? There's rumors in the media world. There's rumors in the like how much gossip do you hear during the combine that isn't always reported, right? Like there's always gossip in, in the NFL world or the GMs and the other executives and scouts. They all operate in that during the combine. So I'm sure. Like, there was any phone calls made to Seattle before some of those reports are out, and they, they got to feel good that they're on the list. Gives you a better chance. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, my point on Russell Wilson goes back to my point about Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, too. Like, when he went to the Super Bowl, Seahawks had the best defense in the league, second best running game in the league with Marshawn Lynch. I, I don't like, I, I'm coming off like I'm telling the Bears not to make one of these big trades. I'm not. Yes, you are. All right, no, I don't want that to happen. I know what Kent's going to do. He's going he's to cut it, cut this, put it up on Twitter, and then I'll be in trouble and I'll be getting all this blowback. The Bears should absolutely entertain trade talks with these teams for a Russell Wilson and a Sean Watson. But there's got to be limits here. Neither of these guys want to come to a team that has nothing. It's, that's what I'm saying. you got to make sure you maintain something for these quarterbacks.
1: But if it's mostly draft capital... That you're giving up. Which
2: I'm I'm fine with.
1: What did you say about collaboration? <laughs>
2: That's a good cut too.
1: I think the difference in you you're probably gonna pick up a lot of draft capital. I think that what you're talking about is like nothing left over. Like I still think there'd be a lot left over for twenty twenty one. I think the issue would be what do things look like in twenty twenty three? When this was already a window that seemed to be shutting defensively. And now you're giving up probably multiple first-round picks. You already haven't had some the last couple years. What's the trickle-down effect? But I'm also keeping a close eye on Los Angeles because the Rams don't seem to give... They don't care about first-round picks. Two shits about their first-round picks. They're going to go seven years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not the one uh, swearing on this podcast today. I mean, but they still seem to be winning, right? They seem to be competitive. So, I I mean, you know, philosophies and ways of building teams, it's always a copycat league. And if the Rams can prove that it's doable, then maybe the Bears are willing to go down a a similar thing. I just, you know, it's this Robert. I don't think a day goes by that I don't think about this Robert Quinn contract (laughs) and the things that would be possible if you had not done that. I'm serious. Yeah. And it, and it's it's way worse in hindsight, but I would also like to point out that I was on this early. Like, I questioned it from the very start. He did not seem like a guy that, when you considered the fit... He had never had a good season in a three-four. Well, he'd only had, I think played in a three-four one year, and it was not good. Yeah, I, I wasn't worried about the three-four because they play, they're in sub packages so much. Yeah, but did you watch the season? Like he was in positions that weren't comfortable to
2: yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, it's on Chuck Pagano and Ted Mankino who are no longer here for part of the Robert Quinn problem.
1: Yeah, you also had the issue where his stats and production seem to always be better on turf. And not only is he coming to grass, he's coming to the one of the most questioned tracks that there there is in football, Soldier Field. And then, I, but, but more so, like just spe- more specifically, it was: is this guy really worth what was it 10, 12 million more than Leonard Floyd? Because he really worth no I, you know,
2: in, in the in the long run, it wasn't that much more than Leonard Floyd. It's only a couple million more than Leonard Floyd.
1: Well, for last year, right?
2: Yes, yes. Now, this year.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Now, it's going up. And the yeah. the, the great thing about the Leonard Floyd deal was that it was only one year. So, now you're – I mean, I, I, I get
2: – I, I It's one of Ryan Pace – it's arguably his worst free agent signing. Right? What's worse yeah. than that one? Because it's really – Okay, Mike Glennon, but that was more cover for the Trubisky selection. That's and even Glennon,
1: doing. you had an out.
2: After one year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had, uh, like, Cody Parkey. That wasn't a good signing. But overpaying for a kicker still has lower ramifications than overpaying for a pass rusher. In, it was in terms 30s. of thirties, the percentage of the cap. Trey Burton. For 2018, that was a great signing. Yeah, he was pretty good until he just wasn't there in the playoffs. Yeah. I guess let's not close the door completely on Robert Coyne here, but when I start every single day and I start looking at what's possible, how they fit on, granted, they didn't know a pandemic. Well, they did know actually a pandemic. When they signed them, the pandemic was here. And I would hope that at that point they were, granted it was like literally the first week or so of everything being shut down when they when free agency happened last year, but I would hope that they were already projecting the fact that there was going to be significant business ramifications and the cap might go down
2: let's get to that point later i want to bring that up looking for an assist
0: with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
2: If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Rowan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to dot ecom slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort.
1: Let's get back to the quarterbacks and let's hear what Matt Nagy had to say today about uh, the quarterbacks. There's a couple of clips we're going to play here. Um, First, we'll start with this one. I believe it's Hub Arkish with
0: the question. If you could have your pick of the quarterback to run the scheme that you hoped to run when you came to Chicago, what would be the three most important traits you'd be looking for? Um, and, and, and relative to that, not having a combine or in-person visits, how much is that going to handicap you in, in discovering those traits?
3: Sure. So here's what I would say. And this is where, when I first got hired hub, you come into this thing and, um, you know, obviously Mitchell being our, our young quarterback, that's coming in, learning the system, uh, being able to give you the dual threat that can run, uh, but, but can also has the arm and the ability to make every throw in the playbook, which he does. And, and so you start off there and you say that, but then as you go through it, right. And you start to see where your team is at uh, with your players and their, their strengths that they have and how it fits. Now you start kind of tweaking your offense a little bit to turn it into the Chicago bears offense. Right. And, and not necessarily the Kansas city offense. There's stuff that we like um, from that offense that, that we brought here. There's stuff we've gotten away from there's stuff. We've added it as far as this year in 2020. Um, But that, that would be one part is, is do you have versatility and being able to, to you don't have to be running all over the field, but, but have some, some movement. Great. If you don't, we'll work around that. The other part I'd say is decision-making every quarterback coach in, in the, in the world will tell you that uh, it's when you make those decisions. I think situational football, y'all have heard me say it over and over is important with decision-making and, and then having the leadership skills. And, and when I, when I say that, Uh, Every quarterback leads in different ways. I I was around a guy with Alex Smith who was that happy medium where he wasn't a yeller and screamer at the guys, um, but he wasn't quiet. He was right down the middle. And every guy has kind of their own ways that they do it, but they all lead in a certain way, and they multiply the players around them. And so I'd say leadership, uh, decision-making. And if you have some versatility uh, as a quarterback with your legs, great. If you don't, no problem. We can work
2: around it. He name dropped Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah. When he did that, I immediately texted Kevin Fishbane. I'm like, "Oh no, he didn't!" I'm like, here we go.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. But you know, like you said earlier, there's there's some strategery going on some here.
2: Strategery, good good pull.
1: You may, might want to be throwing people off the scent by throwing out the most obvious quarterback no, no, name no, no, you possibly no. could. Right now, everybody
2: in the NFL knows that Matt Nagy loves Alex Smith. He, he right. brings so – you, you, that dude brings him up how many times a year? Twelve. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. <Couple> Twelve times. A <laughs> couple times yeah. a year.
1: couple two-tree. couple two-tree yeah. 20 times. He does. Hey, I want to just play the very end of this one more time because I just want to make sure I heard it correctly. And
3: so I'd say leadership, uh, decision-making, and if you have some versatility – uh, as a quarterback with your legs, great. If you don't, no problem. We can work around it.
1: Yeah, that was almost like him catching himself because he knows Nick Foles doesn't have that. Um, I still think that's pretty important, Like, especially when you listen to me. Get, for, first of all, for like everyone saying these guys didn't say much today, and they really didn't, that was a really interesting answer, I thought, from Matt Nagy and a good answer. Um, and you go back and how that applies to Mitch Trubisky, which is how he started that answer, you know, Trubisky had two, two of the three of those things. He had the mobility and the arm strength. Uh, so, essentially, the talent, right? He had the leadership, I thought. You know, no one's ever questioned his role as a leader or the work he put in. It was the middle one, the decision-making, that just never really panned out. And by the way, you know, not to going the whole thing about like defending the pick, but that's always the hardest thing to figure out. You know, at, at any position, how these guys are going to make the jump from the college to pro level. There's always a projection there. There's always a guessing game there. And that's the hardest thing to figure out. What, these, what they really want to... They do all the combine stuff to check the talent, and they do all the interview stuff and the background check to try to get an idea how much they love football and how big of a leader they could, could potentially be. But it's that middle thing that Nagy brought up the decision making and in other positions you might call it more like intangibles you know just sort of that it factor that some guys have some guys don't but you almost always can't know for sure until they get to the league and unfortunately in Mitch's case and you can always go back and criticize the fact that he didn't have a you know 13 starts in college and it wasn't a big enough sample size sure that's all what made the evaluation even tougher I guess But the other guys had some red flags, too. Anyway, whatever. It didn't work out. I think some of the criticism
2: of Mitch is the decision-making on when to use some of that athleticism. I agree. Whether it's scrambling or buying more time and letting your guys get open a little bit differently. It's just in terms of that, that it factor and making those it plays, when you need your quarterback to
1: be that guy, they didn't do it enough. Simply didn't do it enough. So, since that middle part that he's talking about, the decision-making, like they pretty much have that answer now, right? Hasn't worked out. Why in the world would they bring him back? Right? It just it doesn't add up. So, yes, everything might be on the table. And you touched on it earlier very briefly, though. The other side of this is Mitch want, has to want to come back. And I would totally, 100% understand and probably agree with if his thinking is, no, I need to find a different offense. And I need to find a different coaching staff. Because maybe there's still a better fit out there that can get more of that out of me. Since I do have the talent and I do have the work ethic and I do have the leadership, is there something that can draw that decision-making out of me more? It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's likely. But a change of scenery could help him. You know what it's like, at least from the Bears' perspective? It's like when you
2: go to a wedding, you don't know who's at your table. You hope certain friends are at your table or certain personalities Or are at certain, your table.
1: Or certain friends aren't. Yes, are you, yes, aren't yes.
2: So, like, you're the Bears going to this wedding. God, I
1: hope Russell Wilson's at this table. <laughs> Deshaun
2: Watson's there. And then you walk in and you you see, you look at the numbers, you know, which number you have, and then you see, like, Mr. Trubisky there, you know, table 11. Call, let's call it table 10 is there, but it hasn't okay. been picked up yet. So maybe he's not going to show up, so you could just move on. He won't be there. You don't have to worry about that. Kind of like that. Is everyone doing?
1: This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Is Nick Foles at the table? Yeah, he's at the table. He was there early. Picked it up. Okay. What about this guy? That's the
2: facts. That's that's 100% truth. Not invited.
1: He used to be at the table. Used to be at the table, but did not Kendall get...
3: Kendall Fuller it. is best when he's off and can break on the football.
1: What about Kendall Fuller? Oh, that's mm. a different, different position. It's a different
2: conversation for later in this podcast. Yeah. Chris,
3: uh, Matt Nagy's always been kind of the past half-full kind of guy.
2: Chris, I'm at the table. He's more on your, like, (laughs) (laughs) C-list. I'm kidding, Chris Emma, when you listen to this and people tweet at you. Chris Emma?
0: Robert, what kind of dog
3: do
2: you
1: have? I have a Rottweiler.
2: Oh, you're just going Uh through the whole playlist here, and he's definitely going to hear about this, and he's definitely going to come at us.
1: Do you know that, like, every time Chris tweets, someone responds to him, there you go? (laughs) Poor guy. It's an amazing bit. It is. Unfortunately, I think it really bothers them. Yes. So we're sorry, but not fully sorry. I'm not that sorry because it's an amazing bit. You know, it's kind of like the people that always respond the same way to like every Adam Schefter tweet. That, uh, yeah,
2: that interaction that Chris Emma had with Robert Quinn could turn out to be the most memorable thing Robert Quinn has ever done for the Chicago Bears. I'm not exaggerating here. I don't think yeah. I am. I'm not, at no. least in the podcast world. That is a lasting memory.
3: I'm not listening, Chris.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you say about collaboration? That's right. Let's get us back on track, Matt Nagy. Here's the other Nagy thing on the quarterback. So basically, all right. So Trubisky's out of the picture. What's next? And honestly, this is like a question we're always talking about. Of all the options out there, which ones actually make you better? Right? Which ones are actually an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky? Like, how many options are there that you can point at right now, today, and say, you know what, I'm good with that?
3: So, what I would say to you, Brad, is on that is that there's there's several, and um, I, we we can't can't get into that right now. But uh, uh-huh. there's there's a there's a lot of different. Um, you know, when, what if? and there's a lot of different, okay, here we are, this is where we're at. And if it's, if it's X, Y, you know, quarterback X, Y, or Z, including the guys that we discussed with Mitchell and, and Nick, w- what do we do to, to make, to get this thing better? Cause in the end we got to score more points and we got to score more touchdowns, regardless of, of anything. And, and it's not just one position. It's not, it, it's, it's everywhere. And we feel like, with some of the younger guys that we drafted um, this past year and previous years, guys are really jumping into their specific roles and they can help multiply that quarterback position. They can help out. And, and so uh, without getting into the directions of every one of them, uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, do we have a a plan? Will we have a plan? Could things change? Absolutely. Without a doubt, things could change. And then we got to make sure from the coaching standpoint, right? Myself, Bill Lazor Flip. We got to make sure offensively that we're always communicating with Ryan so that he understands where we're at and and how how it's a fit or not a fit.
1: You know, Nagy's always talking about that multiplier. Like at at, at a lot of different positions, you know he wants that at quarterback more than any other position. So that's why I keep going back to if there's even a sliver of a crack of a possibility that you can get Russell Wilson or even Deshaun Watson – you got to try. Now, Pace also brought up the timing because you don't want to be stuck. And you can't wait forever. Um, that's what again, where I compare these two situations. I think Houston's more of a stalemate where it might go through free agency. To me, there's sort of like a smart, soft deadline of the draft uh, where I think they're really going to hurt maybe their value if they hold on to them past the draft. But if I'm the Seahawks and I'm seriously potentially considering the, you know, trading Russell Wilson, I'd probably want to do that as soon as possible.
2: Will the Seahawks strike me as the the smarter of the two teams? (laughs) Significantly smarter of the two teams?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. They're probably the most consistent culture going right now in the NFL, for being honest, over the last decade. Yeah,
2: so... So Jay Cutler, the Jay Cutler trade always comes to mind because it's the, the last time a young quarterback nearing his prime or possibly in his prime was traded and it's the best comparable for Watson um because they don't have these things come up a, a lot but so I I believe that happened in April right so that was post free agency I believe it was on April Fools Day <laughs>
1: I think you're or right. the day or it after, was April second the day after it's
2: close to it it was close to yeah. but that, that's after free agency that's after the new league right. year open that's after the first wave the second wave the third wave you're, you're you're on to the lower fringes of free agency by that point well into it Denver finally had enough and made their move but um I want to say the Texans won't allow this to go past the draft but you never know. They dude, let it get this bad before.
1: Dude, every, talking about everything being on the table. They have maybe the most unqualified person ever running that organization right now and no one it's like a complete wild card what they're going to do. At any given moment, congratulations to JJ Watt by the way for getting the hell out of there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like the Cleo Mack thing plays out all the way up to the start of the 2018 season. That's a
1: pass rusher. Yeah, that's different. I
2: can honestly envision the Texans prolonging it to the point where fines are issued against Deshaun Watson. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but by taking away some of the guy's money, I don't think that's a great way to repair a relationship.
1: But. Right. I mean, I don't know that all that does to me is it's certainly not going to help you bring him back. No, 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 no. Um, But it may just be sort of a spite thing where like – All right, if you're really going to do this, we're just going to dock your pay. Yeah, yeah.
2: But that's just bad operation, though, by the Texans because his value is now – it's not the same as it once was during the draft or even pre-free agency.
1: Yeah. All right, Um, let's talk about Allen Robinson. It's been an interesting – I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it's a very typical franchise tag situation. You know, it's not, we've been through this before. Um, One interesting nugget is that, to me at least, Brandon Parker is the son, and Brandon Parker is Allen Robinson's agent, for those who don't know. He is the son of Eugene Parker, a legendary agent who also represented Alshon Jeffrey when the Bears tagged Alshon Jeffrey. Ryan Pace was the general manager when that happened. So while well, he's not exactly his dad this is a situation that this you know agency and family has been through before with a wide receiver and the bears in this regime um couple differences one being right away Allen Robinson's better than Alshon Jeffrey. um no yeah and he's he's overall he's more valuable on and off the field so Now, Jeffrey ended up playing under the tag and then left a year later.
2: Then got his deal from the Eagles.
1: And the Bears never really missed him.
2: How about you play Pace and Nagy? Then I want to ask you a question.
1: Okay. I can do that. Here yeah. the
3: situation, I think this is, might be kind of a, a first for you here, where you have a guy of that profile who's going to be a free agent. Uh, how do you view it from your spot as a head coach? Cause obviously Ryan and Joey take care of the business side of it and you know what he brings to your offense. So what role do you play? And how do you kind of, uh, what's your perspective on that? So I would say um, Kevin, the biggest thing is anytime you get into these type of situations with these players, um, across the league. Uh, it, it's, it's never easy. It, it's never fun, but it's real. And that, that process is what you try to do ultimately, right. Is you try to get to that win-win in a perfect scenario. Uh, A-Rob knows how much we love him. A-Rob knows, um, you know, how, how much that me as a head coach and Ryan, as a general manager, the importance that he brings to, to the city, to the organization, to his teammates, to all of us. Um, and then, now you run into you, you know, the things that he has done with us and the things that we have done for him, being able to, to help him be productive. Uh, now you, you get to this point and this is where Ryan and Joey will do their thing. And, and A-Rob and and his agent work together and you just try to figure out, okay, where is it a win-win? And, um, from, from my perspective, I just, I let them do that, that part. And, um, again, I've had a million conversations with A-Rob in three years, and, and he's well aware of what he means to, to all of us. And this is just the business side, and there's, we're not the only team in the NFL that's dealing with this right now. Ryan, are you committed to bringing Allen back for 2021, regardless of what it takes, whether it's a new contract or franchise tag? Are you counting on him? Can you ensure that he's going to be on the Bears in 2021?
0: We're, hey, we love Allen Robinson. He's a great player for us, Jason. We know that. And not just, not just the player, but the teammate, professional that he is. Um, again, the franchise tag is an option for us. It doesn't mean we're necessarily going to use that, uh, but we want to keep our good players, and, and Allen is a good player for us.
2: Would you pay Allen Robinson $25 million per year? That would make him the, in terms of annual average... I'm just throwing numbers out there. I don't, I don't have confirmed numbers here. Just throwing them out. That would make him the second receiver in terms of average annual average, trailing only DeAndre Hopkins. Uh,
1: you, I thought you were going to say 20. <laughs> so 25 is considerably 20, 20 more.
2: 20 would make him tied with Amari Cooper at fourth just below Keenan Allen, who I think is who I would, use, I would use as a good, I don't want to use measuring stick, but a good comparable, in a sense, for Robinson.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem with DeAndre Hopkins' deal is um, it was fewer years and a higher average value. Two, just a two-year deal. Yeah. So, I mean, not to... Dodge your question, but I guess it depends. You know, if it's a shorter term, maybe. But I don't think that makes sense for the Bears. Like, in this case, I feel like it makes sense to do a longer-term deal at a lower average value. Um, Not only to keep – you want to keep Robinson longer, but also, like, because of your cap situation. Well, look at these receiver
2: deals. None of them are, like, five or six. So – Let me just go over the the, the duration of some of these deals. Hopkins, two-year deal. Julio Jones, three-year deal. Keenan Allen, four-year deal. Amari Cooper right now, the longest at five. Michael Thomas, two at five. So I know what you're saying. Odell Beckham Jr. at five. So maybe five's the max on this. What I would suggest to everybody trying to read everything into into this Allen Robinson situation is the bears don't even know what the salary cap is going to be yet for 2021. Ryan Pace today said he expected it to be around 180 million. He also expected that there might be a crazy amount of movement this year because of what the salary cap means. So it's hard to be patient. Especially when Al Robinson, let's be honest, he had a media blitz last week, did he not? Like he, yeah. I felt like he was doing an interview every single week, uh, every single day. Um, was that last week or two weeks ago? Um, last week. I understand it's it's easy to to get into all that, but I, I would, if I'm the Bears, I would like to know what the salary cap number is before I make any decisions, on any long term deals. Well,
1: that's a good point, and we should know the cap here relatively soon. And when's the deadline again on the tag? A week from today, I believe. Yeah, it's the 9th, I believe. Boy, I would hope the NFL would give you the numbers on the cap before you have to make franchise tag decisions. Um, Then again, like MLB didn't know until like two weeks ago whether or not there was going to be a DH. Well, all these DHs were on the market, so... Who the hell knows how sports are operating right now? I think there's a big difference though between the NFL and Major League Baseball. All right, let's go back to the numbers, Keenan. So the Keenan Allen deal to me has always made a lot of sense. He's twenty-eight, four years, eighty-point-one million dollars overall. Um, now only twenty-six point five of that's actually guaranteed. I I would guarantee more of that. Uh, I guess the practical I would guarantee double that for Robinson yeah. personally. Well, the pr- the guarantee money, yeah, yeah. The practical guarantees in there were 43 million, but anyway, to me, that's that's those are numbers that make sense. I mean, that basically says, Is Allen Robbins worth 20 million dollars a year? I would argue, when you look at the Bears' offense, he is the offense, so yes. And I think if you ever got him a quarterback of the caliber of a Russell Wilson. How good would he be then? Like, there's a very good chance he's going to outperform You just paying him even at $480 million. But that's another part of this conversation. Sure, you
2: want to pay Allen Robinson, but if you're making a play for one of these big-time quarterbacks, they're coming with contracts too, man. Yeah. How are you going to make the cap work? I, I, I get that it's always fluid. I get that some extensions, some releases... Can can create all sorts of space for you, but like, there's got to be again to use the word limit. There's got to be limits to this. You got to make it work. Can't be releasing all these good players and hope everything works. It's
1: well, this is a totally different conversation, but um, along those lines, like I've been thinking about how a Russell Wilson trade would work, I would almost think you would sign him to a new deal and structure it. To help you out these next couple years, so give him a huge signing bonus so you could spread that out, and then the actual salary numbers like this year for sure, and next year would be relatively lower. And I think what he's only signed for three more years. Like if you want, if you trade for Russell Wilson, you want him to be your quarterback for at least five years anyway. So, you know, give him a deal that goes to the end of his career, um, and then then you can manipulate the money, so he still gets his money. He probably even gets a raise out of that, right? And he's worth more than $19 million, which is what he's getting paid this year. So you help that out a little bit, but in the form of a signing bonus, it helps your cap situation, it helps you fit him in. That's what I would almost have to say it definitely happens if you're making a deal like that.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. And I'm glad you brought it up, too, because there's this perception that you waving at me?
1: I'm waving at the uh, almost creepy child standing behind you.
2: Don't say that. There's nobody behind me.
1: Yes, there is. Oh, there's nobody <laughs> here. <laughs> the people listening to this podcast cannot understand what just happened. But Animal Hogan freaked me out that there's a
2: child behind me. There is no child behind me. There was, though. Oh, is somebody here?
1: Yes Oh my god Or I'm seeing things and you have a no. ghost No uh, Or here the Sixth
2: Sense is happening He snuck downstairs Go to bed <laughs>
1: as a, as a for This is what happens when we do late night podcasts Yes,
2: yes, it's 8.55 My son is snuck down behind, uh, snuck down behind me I'm and, glad
1: it's actually your son I was worried yeah. like the Sixth Sense was happening <laughs> You, you worried about your sixth sense i'm worried about like, what hey, i got going on in the house then what was that kid's name Haley joel osmond or whatever just oh. popped up in your house
2: yeah yeah and his career has never been the same
1: <laughs> um wait, 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 wait we should be careful we're not allowed to talk about movies or oh, pop yeah. culture at all people get mad anyway hashtag stick, stick to football
2: before i call the ghost hunters over to this house um I'm glad you brought up to this this point because there's like this discussion that Pace and Aggie are going to get crazy about the short term and it's going to affect the long term. Like any quarterback they they acquire, like if it's Watson or Wilson or Carr, that's that affects both. If there's anything we've learned from the Jay Cutler thing, that that type of move mm-hmm. it, it endures. Like Jerry Angelo made it to save his ass. But he still played for Phil Emery and Ryan Pace. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's those type of swings stick with organizations. They just do. Like you said, if they trade for Russell Wilson, you're talking about already giving him a two year extension. And it makes complete sense if you got to fit Robinson in the the cap, too.
1: Yeah. Well, it'd be a win win for everyone because you get him more money. You know, you get him, and he he that he, helps alleviate what we were talking about too, which is what the hell does the team look like after you have to trade for him? Russell would almost certainly want to help that, right? To Russell Wilson, if he's coming to Chicago, he wants to play with Allen Robinson, which by the way is another point here. So if this thing goes to which we all think it will, where Robinson gets tagged, here's here's another quick thing I want to talk about. So the tag deadline of next week is just sort of an extra deadline to potentially get a deal done. If you want to avoid the tag, this is what's on the table. Chances are, and I don't know what the Bears are offering at this point, certainly the reports back in the fall were not anywhere near Keenan Allen's deal. So, look, the guy played through the season. He inherited the injury risk. You better be opening your deal. Otherwise, I would say the Bears are not negotiating in good faith. Um, But anyway, if that deadline passes, so you tag them. Well, I guess that just buys time. Uh, it's probably going to be something that lingers in the spring-summer, but if all of a sudden you trade for Russell Wilson, maybe that changes Allen Robinson's tune a little bit. Maybe he's willing to take a little bit less to make that happen. I don't know. If I'm him, I would certainly want to be playing with a better quarterback.
2: So his tag is going to be around, what, $18 million? It's different than, than other players. So, like, Odell Beckham Jr., has an $18 million AAV, your average annual average, or did I say that right? Value. Um, he's only 25 years old, Odell. I didn't know that. I feel like he's been in the league forever. Anyway, obviously, Robinson wants, and I would still say deserves more than that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's another reason why you're through with bears and you could say up oh, you know we might actually be saving some money by by tagging him making him play under the tag but I don't know it's a complicated situation um we'll see where that goes next week but I imagine we're doing a Tuesday podcast talking about the tag being applied I concur okay last thing what was the most interesting thing you heard today Why did Ryan Pace not commit to
2: Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller to being on the roster in 2021? Did you find that curious as well?
1: Um, Because if they traded for Russell Wilson, they'd probably have to move those guys. Yeah. (laughs) It was very interesting wording. Yeah. Very
2: interesting response to to that question from our guy Patsy, Mark Potash.
1: Pretty direct question. He
2: did not give a direct answer. No. No, no, no. Did he even like... Tuck the guys up as as valuable players a bit. I found it curious. Obviously, if you look at their contracts, go to over the cap or spot track, uh, spot track, whatever you want to um, do to look at their deals. Like Hicks could be released and that could save you a lot of money. Kyle Fuller can be released and that can save you a lot of money. Now I would say maybe extend those guys to to lower those numbers, but Hicks is in his thirties. Kyle Fuller, one interception last year. So there's, there's ways to view this.
1: I thought it was very interesting. I also think in the situation of Kyle Fuller, we don't necessarily know specifically how Sean Desai wants to play defense. And I don't know, but what if he wants a guy that can move around more and is not just so locked down on one side of the field? At that money. So it's just... Vic Fangio made it work.
2: Who's replacing Kyle Fuller? He did. I know what you're saying, but if you need the money for Russell Wilson, again, this is part of the conversation about having a good overall football team. I understand it, but maybe I'd try to work out an extension so you're not completely shorthanded at one of the most, other than quarterback, one of the more important positions in football.
1: Look, Kyle Fuller is a good player. No one is doubting. I'm not doubting that at all. Um, I would say for what he gave you in terms of game-changing type plays and getting his hands on the football last year, you can allocate that money in other areas. And it's fair. And corner is a spot where you can, I don't want to say go on the cheap, but you can go a lot cheaper than $20 million cap hit. So with the Bears and get ahead. by and get by. That's all I'm saying.
2: So what the Bears actually did it was like they added void years to to Fuller's contract to, to help mm-hmm. with some of the bonus, right? And you know, it's usually that sets you up for a potential extension to to lower a cap number because his cap number it's twenty million this year for the twenty
1: twenty one season. That is. Remember the Packers backloaded that offer sheet to him. Yes, which was different at the time of how Ryan Pace was doing most of his contracts, and from so from the jump, you knew that this was going to be something that he was probably going to be giving you a bigger cap hit than you wanted towards the end. And then they restructured it too. So if
2: they yeah. release him with a post June first designation, you save fourteen million dollars.
1: It's a lot. Against the Kit. But I also think he has trade value because he's not a complete obvious. But you know what? I would say, you know, um, what was it you said earlier that Pace said about how, like, this could be an unprecedented offseason in terms of guys becoming available or moving? Like, that's an example. Akeem Hicks would be an example, too. And I know I've heard that from a lot of different places that there are people around the league who believe that. There's going to be more surprising cuts in trades than ever because of the money. Because of the cap going up. This is something, at least since I started covering the NFL, I never I'm used to the cap going up ten million dollars every year. This is weird. If the with Bears, it going down.
2: Yeah. If the Bears release Akeem Hicks, you don't even need a post June 1st designation to save money here. You save 10.5 yeah. million against the cap.
1: He's 32 years old. It's tough, but then you start talking about how good the defense is going to be because we've seen the Bears defense without Akeem Hicks before. Like, and you talk
2: about culture let me correct myself, he's 31 still. he'll turn, yeah. I think he turns 32 during the season. But if you're talking about culture, I feel like Akeem Hicks embodies that almost better than anyone than you currently have on your roster. Right? like th- that's a seismic move I-, I I would I don't know what the extension can be but I'd almost try to entertain that first before anything else
1: but again I, like I think these are the it depends this is why everything's so fluid it depends on who are you making that cap space for you know I don't think that fuller and hicks are moves to just get under 180 million dollars if that's the problem I think those are moves that you're only clearing that cap space for a big fish. The quarterback. Like, like a
2: quarterback. like So and if you're if you're down to plan, let's call it plan E, where you sign Alex Smith and you draft the Mac Jones, you're keeping yeah, well, these guys.
1: Yeah, I better have a really good defense then.
2: The best you can field, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm not giving up Akeem Hicks. But if you're telling me is it an either-or situation – if I can have Russell Wilson, but you have to give up Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller, yeah, I'd probably do that. Actually, I'd definitely do that, 100%. And I don't know if there's anyone in the city that's talked up Akeem Hicks the way I have the last five years or whatever it's been. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, uh, which is why the actions matter more than words. Oh, what most interesting thing I heard today was when pace was just – briefly interjected about the Khalil Mack trade. I think John Greenberg did that when he was talking about like the chatter and if you're following it and then is that what happened with Khalil Mack? He specifically referenced how that was something that did not seem realistic and then became reality, which is why it was the most interesting thing I heard. Some things might not seem
2: realistic. I think what has to happen for it to become attainable... Is that Ryan Pace comes on this podcast, and we ask him about it almost
1: directly again. And then he dodges it. Then he dodges it. And then he does the trade a week later.
2: Russell Wilson, your new starting quarterback.
1: I I mean, I think what you're saying, and I agree with it, is that we're the reason why Khalil Mack was traded to Chicago.
2: Uh, 100%.
1: 100%. I mean, it really does make perfect sense and i mean that to me is the definition of collaboration
3: what did you say about collaboration
1: by the way you can get a collaboration collaborating since 2015 t-shirt on obvious shirts and
2: part of the proceeds adam do go to a good
1: cause let's let's not yes 22q family foundation there you go that t-shirt by the way is in reference to us. It's just a coincidence that Ryan Pace also started in 2015 but so does this podcast. We've been collaborating since 2015. I don't think he was collaborating well with John Fox. <laughs> no, I don't think the collaboration there started till 2018. <laughs> no. But we've been collaborating since 2015. There we go. So, there you go. There you go. There you, there you go. Chris Emma.
0: Robert, what kind of dog do you have?
1: I have a Rottweiler. There you go. All right, we need to get out of here. We got to get our kids and our ghosts to bed. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter. My heart did jump for a little bit like, what the heck did you just see? Well, what's creepy is he was in the dark behind you. There's like a tiny dark corner where your wall cuts off. And he was just like a figurine of a child. (laughs) So it already looked creepy. But for you to turn around and look at that and not see him really freaked me out. Because uh, now I'm like, Freak well, what am I out? seeing? What am I seeing? <laughs> You're miles away. This is right behind me. I'm glad yeah. it's you, son, who's <laughs> still right next to me. All right. Uh, well, let's get him to bed. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Uh, you can read about all this stuff, NBCSportsChicago.com, the Athletic, TheAthletic.com, slash Hogan Johns. Good stuff. And I wish we could say we were, you know, going to have another episode from Indianapolis later this week, but
2: there is no Indy. This is so. usually where we would be going.
1: Out for a steak. Hit the night scene. Oh. Yeah, it's, get some ten, good it's gossip. Our, it's already past ten o'clock in India. I mean, we're we're out. It's a good gossip hour. We're getting the gossip. You've you've ditched Kevin and I for some <laughs> secret meeting somewhere. <laughs> I missed. We'll, we'll we'll see you by eleven thirty. <laughs> texting you guys at where you at? Yeah. Um, but no, we're just sitting at home with ghosts in our house, wishing we were. This podcast would have been out a lot er- earlier. Yes, yeah, true. We <laughs> well, we would have talked to Pace and Nagy in the morning, not in the afternoon. So everything screwed up. But hey, we're getting close, right? Get vaccinated. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Be safe. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everyone buying those t-shirts. Appreciate everybody following, subscribing, telling the friends about this podcast. Our listeners are the best. We thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. See ya.
3: What did you say about collaboration?